1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Scottish football comes together in tribute to the late great Davy Cooper On the 25th anniversary of his passing Aberdeen face unsustainable losses according to Chairman Dave Cormack And UEFA postpones the Champions League and Europa League finals I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me tonight in the studio is Alex Ray And somewhere in his man cave in a leafy suburb outside Glasgow is Hugh Keevans Tributes to Davy Cooper are fitting Cancellation of European finals, that's appropriate. But tribulations of a financial nature are worrying Gordon. Aberdeen and Hearts are the third and fourth biggest clubs in our country. They are both flagging up serious concerns because of a crisis that is none of their making. But the fallout from football coming to a halt will hit them hard nevertheless. And it'll take more than an SPFL handout to help them withstand growing financial losses if the doors to Petaudry and Tynecastle remain closed. These are troubled times in more ways than one. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, David Cooper, 25 years ago, Gordon, doesn't seem like it. it's going very quick. He was a remarkable footballer, and we'll get onto that later on. Aberdeen, you know, poss- possibly losing £5 million as well. Naismith at Hearts took a 50% wake- wage cut. You have to commend them for that. Now, you've obviously just told us the, the breaking news that the Champions League and Europa League's been cancelled at the moment. 01419511025 to join in on the show tonight just in case you weren't expecting to hear from us we're here we're going to try and stay here and bring you a bit of normal in these abnormal times just try and give everyone a football fix have a bit of a discussion maybe it'll be a trip down memory lane on the days that we don't have too much to talk about maybe it'll be a mixture of uh, both sort of breaking news memory lane all the rest of it so we'd love for you to join us in the coming days and weeks 01419511025 before we go anywhere Hugh just a, a check in on your well-being how are you well today the man cave had to be cleaned out uh, the the lady <laughs> of the house said that if you're going to broadcast super scoreboard from the man cave then it's needing a good clean and she didn't do it it's funny that it doesn't clean itself no, it was me. Yeah, good on you, Alex. And you've been driven to. You talk about these frustrating tasks that you put off and put off and put yes. off until you're locked at home and you can't put them off any longer. Yeah, I've had two days at it now. The old uh, jet wash has been out. <gasps> I was even sending you some pictures earlier on. It's uh, it's brutal. It's pressure washing the driveway. Yeah, so oh. I had to do oh. all that as well. So, but anyway, as you say, you get the jobs done. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Let's hear from you at Clyde SSB. Various. Coronavirus-related football headlines today. Aberdeen uh, with a, fa- a fairly concerning statement. So we'd be keen to get your thoughts, Aberdeen fans. UEFA postponing the Champions League and Europa League finals. Stephen Naismith agrees to a 50% wage cut at Hearts. We are here until 8 o'clock. We will get to those later on. But first, only one place to start. And we're looking for all your tributes and memories to this great man. Will it go to Durant? Will it go to Cooper? Will it go to Nicol? Still is on Cooper coming forward, drives it! Oh, what a magnificent goal by David Cooper! 22 minutes gone here at Hamden Park! He was a man that liked to listen to advice. David Cooper has scored for Rangers! But very rarely took it because he was his own man. Call it magic. When David Cooper came along, and living in Clydebank, I know this to be the case, word of mouth spread. That was a David Cooper special. You should go and see this kid who plays for Clydebank. Perhaps David Cooper's passing is very much the end of, of the era of the winger. And he was that outstanding, and he brought people to Cobilly Park. David Cooper cracking that one. 
thrown in from the edge of the box on his left foot. As soon as one said to me that if Debbie had uh, been a Brazilian, you know, he could have made a million and his picture and his, his exploits would never have been off the back page. Davy Cooper of Rangers gives Scotland the lead. He was feared by the Celtic players in our dressing room because of his talent. When he came into the club, he would listen rather than speak. He was listening to the John Greggs and the Sandy Jardins and the, the Tom Forsyth of this world. One of his favourite expressions was that uh, I'm not interested in all these tactics, I'm an entertainer. I think everyone then realised after that first season that we should be in awe of him. Davy Cooper up, shoots. Oh, a great goal by Davy Cooper. Yes, sir. A magnificent solo shot right from the edge of the area. Oh, yes, sir. And into the postage stamp, right hand corner of the net. Rangers one, hits nil. Of course, I do. A baby Cooper special. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 0141-951-1025 on the phones or on Twitter what are your memories of Davy Cooper 25 years to the day since he sadly passed away maybe it's a standout goal a magic moment something else something from left field maybe you met him once or something something that we've not thought about why not let us know pay your tribute so 0141-951-1025 and at Clyde SSB on Twitter Hugh Keevans well my oldest friend in the world was the Clyde Bank captain and he called me one night and said, you should see this kid we have signed. He comes from Hill House in Hamilton. He's unbelievable. And I went down to Kilbilly Park uh, because I, I lived in Clybank. They were my local team. I could walk there. And as soon as you clapped eyes on him, the words that John Gregg spoke there were the most appropriate. Never mind tactics. Just give him the ball and everyone was taken aback by the skill, drifted past people as if they weren't there, magnificent striker of the ball, terrific passer of the ball, could pick out your striker with ease, Derek Johnson scored more goals because of David Cooper than anyone else, uh, and that started at Clyde Bank, they paid his signing on fee out of the one-armed bandits in the Bankies Social Club, and it was the best <laughs> money they ever spent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was great listening to that commentary there, Gordon. As, as uh, I was listening to it, it took me back to when I was a wee boy. I was like, "Actually, I'm loving this." The the, the kind of reminiscing uh, about Davy ghosting past players, and I think that was one of the key things. Having grown up as a Rangers fan, uh, watching Davy, uh, he was just mesmerising because, as you as you say, you know, and and John Gregg hit the nail on the head. He was an entertainer. He had unbelievable feet. And when you get into football and you start kind of recognising people's qualities, then when you see him can pass people, he wasn't he actually blessed with blistering pace, but when he just kind of glided past people, he could shift it left to right. He, he was great. And then you see the array of free kicks over the years as well. And, you know, it was funny because I was thinking about David Cooper, 25. I was 15 and a half. And when I walked through the doors at Ibrooks as an apprentice, and you're, you know, think to yourself, oh my God, I'm going to see these guys. Uh, and then you get to see them and you see them kind of lounging about upstairs having their lunch every day. It was just a, a brilliant time to be a wee boy sitting around learning off these guys. At Clyde SSB or 01419511025. We'd love for you to get involved in the conversation, share some memories, take a trip down memory lane. So why not get involved? Uh, I'm pleased to say we don't give them any nights off anymore. We've got them on standby. Uh, Gordon DL joins us on the phone at the moment. Gordon, how are you? Good evening, how are you lads? Not too bad at all, thanks. Now Gordon, all day, and rightly so, social media, um, different TV outlets perhaps, you know, football footage of, of Davy Cooper, the great player, and, and loads of people will have their own personal memories, but you, as much as you were a teammate, it's more the sort of 
personal memories I'm thinking Because I know you guys Travelled from the, the same neck of the woods Into Ibrox And uh, shared a lot of a lot of personal memories I'm sure Yeah he took me under, under his wing Gordon uh, The tender age of 16 And uh, we used to travel in the car And there were three guys in there As Alex said there At 16 years sitting Just signed from uh, leaving school And obviously doing my shift With the Mitchell Library And you're sitting in the car You've got Bufty Driving the car Tommy McLean Jaws Tom Forsyth And the Moody Blue in the back With Go. What a car it was I've got to say Some great memories And then when I passed my test I became the Moody Blues uh, chauffeur And uh, a fantastic person would never let me pay for lunch, which was absolutely great. Used to go to his mum and dad's for a cup of tea and a cake after training. Just a just a wonderful, wonderful guy. A lot of people had the nickname for him, the Moody Blue. Let me tell you, he was fantastic company. I've got to say that about. And astonishingly, Gordon, twenty five years. I mean, how do you how do you look back on on the sort of the sadness, if you like, and the time that's passed since then? Yeah, uh, well, funny enough, um, I'm friends with his first wife's friend, Joyce, on Facebook, and she was putting a few messages on. We were having a little chat and all that last week about, you know, the memories that we used to have and everybody together. And he loved his tennis and he used to love going playing his tennis and stuff like that. He was never into the golf. I remember going to Tumbray with Rangers before a big cup game and the, the Monday we went down there to prepare for a final and uh, we're allowed a game of golf in Tumbury, free as well. Fantastic, you know, how much I love my golf. And Cook would never play, so I ended up in Girvin playing darts with him that afternoon with a game of darts. But he was just one of these guys. He had time for everybody. Uh, he was a very, you know, he was quiet in his own way. But in the dressing room, you know, he used to get in the morning and he was he just have everything. But his ability on the pitch, Gordon, and he's a young player. Watching him in training was unbelievable. And people always had this saying, he's only got one foot. Could you imagine how he used the other one? I think everybody would have been in trouble. Brilliant. Good to hear from you, Gordon. Take care. You can join us tomorrow night on the show. Well, I say you can, as if you've got an option. You'll be joining us on the show tomorrow. That was Gordon DL paying uh, tribute, sharing his memories of the late, great David Cooper. And Hugh, like I said to Gordon, I mean, 25 years. Take us back to, to that day if you can and it was obviously a, a, a tragic day so much sadness across the whole of Scottish football what was it like? Yeah tragic because it was so unexpected Davey had started his career at Clydebank and was back at the Bankies after having become a Rangers legend uh, having become an iconic figure at Motherwell so iconic they named a stand after him uh, but he's back at the Bankies and he was doing some uh television work and it was a, a training exercise for uh, youth team players and it was at, uh, at Broadwood in Cumbernauld and uh, from memory I think Charlie Nicholas was there with him as well that day and Davy just fell to the ground and he had a brain hemorrhage uh, he was on a life support machine and Derek Johnston, my old friend uh, would tell me that he and Alan McCoist were the, the last two Rangers players to, to leave the room. Uh, they were there while Davy clung to life until he could cling no longer. And uh, the shockwaves reverberated throughout Scottish football because 
Davey as I said was a, a sensation at Clydebank a £100,000 move to Rangers in 1977 uh, and then to go to Motherwell to win the Scottish Cup and they always told me with great joy and delight that the best thing about that was the open top bus parade because he said if I won it with Rangers I couldn't have one of those and the Celtic players couldn't have one of those if they won the cup but you can at Motherwell and he was thrilled by that uh, and then he came back to the Bankies and uh, then this awful thing happened and uh, you know without doubt taken from all of us his loved ones most of all uh, far too early and as I say football hijacks death but Gordon was right to bring up Davy's uh, family because they suffered the sense of loss more than any of us. He's a football hero, but he was also uh, a son and a husband and uh, a cousin and a pal. And you know, it, it's a family matter as well as a football matter. Okay, let's take our first call. One four one nine five one one zero two five. William is a Rangers fan in Stevenson. What memories have you got, William? Yeah, just. Uh... Uh, hello, uh, Gordon, Hugh, and Alec. Uh, it's just that when I was in, I was in Germany at the time, and I found out the sad news. And as the wife said, the only time I've ever, I've ever cried, and it was David Cooper. He was my favourite ever player. He was absolutely brilliant. So he was. And I said that he went. I went to a game at Tynecastle, and just like that, he dribbled the whole team, scored a goal. His wee reverse pass to Ian Durant, and I think it was the first televised Sunday game. You know, he, he, the man was a genius. He really was, Gordon. He was just a genius. I feel like crying anew. You know what I mean? But you'll have you'll have seen some some greats over the years, William. What what makes him stand out above the rest? I mean, you've been quite clearly your your favourite above all else. He was he was the favourite. What what made him stand out? I can relate to him because that's when I stuff first, stuff first started to go to the football, Gordon. You know, and just watching them, just just watching them go by players. He was left fit, as you, as you know, but he was just, it was a wand. He was just absolutely unbelievable, so he was. And it's just a couple of, a couple of stories we go for his video, if you ever watch it, when, the, when there were horses, they were checked for this horse, and they couldn't remember the name, it was amnesia. That, that was quite funny, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and in the one where they reverse pass to Durant, and he stuck his arms out to say, oh, yeah, and he ran past him, and he ran past him, I could was dead, but man. No, just, just things like that. It was, it was absolutely brilliant. So it was. Alex, Alex, as much as football's changed a lot over the years and will continue to change, what will never change, I don't think, is when someone in your team can get the ball and dribble past people. It just gets people off their seat and it stands the test of time. See when you see that footage today. Yeah. But without a doubt, Gordon, I think when you see him uh, in his full glory when he's skipping past people. Um, he was just ahead of his time, you know, in terms of the ability he had, you know, really quick upstairs as well. You know, when people talk about that reverse pass to Durant, I, I was doing a wee piece uh, before the last cup final with Ian Durant, and he says, how he's seen me, I have no idea, because I was on his blind side. He says, the next minute, the ball's in front of his, uh, and then he obviously scored that goal. But um, I think he's, uh, you know, uh, when you, you speak to guys like Durant, you speak to the older guys like John Gregg, you speak, uh, Derek Johnson's often spoke about his... Uh, uh, how he loved him How he thought he was the best player he ever played with And, and when you listen to Hugh The amount of goals that he delivered And he'd done it over a long period of time as well When, when you think about what he did with Motherwell Gordon When he went there as well I think it was the Scottish Cup uh, They won for the first time about 39, 40 years Something like that So when you take all that into consideration uh, And you often hear Celtic uh, folk talk about him as well You know because he was a thorn 
and everyone's side. Uh, so he was sadly missed, but he was just a. Uh, as I said earlier on, when he was in that dressing, I always found him a very unassuming guy. He was very kind of shy because we're in a dressing room with McCoyst and Durant. Uh, big DJ and all that You know he just used to sit there And kind of just take everything in Great memories to kick us off Thank you very much William and Stevenson Really appreciate you taking the time Robbie's in Falkirk How are you tonight Robbie? Not too bad Not too bad I'm going to get to my main point But I'd just like to say uh, Good evening uh, Alec and uh, Hugh Hi Robbie Hi Hi no bad no bad Yeah uh, my, my first ever uh, I'm a Celtic fan My first ever cup final Was the 1986 Skull Cup final which was 1-2-1 by Rangers. Uh, Ian Durant scored, Brian McClare scored, and David Cooper scored with a penalty in the last 10 minutes. And I, it was pretty unplayable that day. I hope the Celtic players couldn't really get near him. And when they did get near him, they tended to fill him. Um, and I think that Derek Ferguson got man in the match that day in the 86 Skull Cup final. But Cooper was must have been right behind his, uh, on his heels for that man in the match award because it was absolutely unplayable that day. Uh, 1987 I don't know if Hugh minded this game He was probably at Parkhead covering it And Alec as a supporting uh, Younger guy Probably minded it as well Celtic went 2-0 up It was April 1987 Celtic went 2-0 up With two penalties Towards the Rangers end By Brian McClare And they ended up winning the game 3-3-1 And it was the one where The, the Celtic's third goal um, Was a pass back A pass back From I think it was uh, Jimmy Nicol and Owen Archdeacon nipped in to get the ball and he went round uh, Chris Woods it was a bizarre goal and he scored and that was a 3-1 game but in, late in the first half when Celtic were 2-0 up Davy Cooper in front of the jungle swung a corner in and it went right into the top far corner and it got chopped off and it was, I've got to admit I, I, I watched the game so many times I had it in video when I was a young boy and I've got to admit, it was never a foul. It was a very Bonner went up to try and catch it with a Rangers player, and it was it was one of these soft ones where the keeper gets a lot of protection. And uh, David Cooper scored directly for that corner. And I can't remember who the referee was. I think it was maybe Bob Valentine or somebody like that or McCluskey. But they chopped it off, and he just swept it right. And as I say, directly for a corner, there was no touch on it. And uh, I've got to say, to this day, I think it was a goal. Hugh, you know, you're, you're a good player when. Opposition fans have that type of recall about your career. Yeah, I mean, the opposition fans boo players because they're afraid of them. And uh, you know, Davy was outstanding. As I say, everyone from John Gregg at the start of the program to Alec to everybody has touched on this one word: entertainer. When you take your son to a football match, and your son immediately adopts one player as his hero, then you know. Uh, this guy's special and that's why as I say my son when I took him to watch Davy Cooper and Davy came up to the house very early on in his career uh, you know and my son met him and uh, when he signed for Rangers I've told you the story it was announced on tea time television and my son then I think primary two in school went up and kicked the telly and it gave his mother a terrible fright. She, she wondered what had happened. Uh, so that was the effect he had. He, he, entertainer, uh, Davy Province said earlier on in the piece you did about uh, Davy that he, he was feared in the Celtic dressing room. Uh, and he was feared for one reason and one reason alone talent. 
I've seen your mobile phone So you've probably still got that TV So hopefully it lived to tell the tale Thank you very much Robbie and Falkirk Really appreciate that memory as well What a memory you've got Robbie as well you got all the details nailed on uh, 01419511025 And we're going to hear from Some of David Cooper's Former teammates Some truly memorable moments Throughout a career Some really big moments That stand out amongst all the others And we'll hear from those former teammates next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors. The compensation you deserve when you've been sidelined. Talk to Thompson's.com. Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We kicked off by asking for your tributes, your memories to the late, great David Cooper. 25 years, can you believe it, since he sadly passed away? And safe to say, lots of you are getting involved on the phones and on Twitter. Like this one from Kevin. He says, As a massive Celtic fan, I couldn't believe it when my dad told me he used to play with Rangers. I shouted on my dad, Come and watch this player in the Tenant Sixes, and I still can't believe he was an ex Rangers player. Broke my heart, lol. He says, God rest, David Cooper. Uh, and Scott McFarlane's on as well. He says, 87 League Cup final. Jim Layton said he nearly got to his free kick. Coop said, Aye. On the way back out Imagine how good he would have been With two feet A kind of magic uh, Says Scott Now another thing that's cropping up Time and time again On your tweets Would be That goal In the Driver Cup final Against Celtic And former Rangers teammate Gordon Smith says Cooper never used to talk about it Despite its reputation As one of the most memorable goals In Scottish football history Smith says That shows the type of man he was And he thinks the skill like that Just came naturally to him What I remember best about Davies' goal Was the fact it was just instinctive uh, Davey wasn't the type of player to try and be clever and try and be fancy but what happened was there just the fact that people were coming into him quickly three Celtic defenders came very quickly to close him down and he just had that level of ability just to, to keep the ball in the air and knock it past him and as I say he wasn't trying to be clever there he just was fantastically clever in terms of how he uh, got himself free into the space in order to score the goal it was an absolutely wonderful goal and I think it's just a pity there's not better TV footage of it I mean there was a I think there was a camera that was just behind the goals at, at ground level that saw it probably one of the best goals uh, I've ever seen what was really special about it as well was Coop never made anything of it I mean never really boasted about it or talked about it again if it, we, if it came into conversation it was us that had to bring it up he never said anything about it That he was a kind of very modest guy and uh, you know 25 years later it's so sad we're talking about it in relation to the fact that uh, David died 25 years ago because it's so hard to believe it was so long ago and he was such a young man just in his 30s uh, that's such a shame really to have lost someone like that because I, I do feel he would have been a very very good coach as well Let's speak to Ian in Canvas Lang I think Ian's got a, a per- more of a personal memory rather than a football one to share with us Ian Hi Gordon, how you doing? Not bad I, It's just a wee memory I have from when I was 15 when I was a paper boy um, I wasn't really a good paper boy. I've known to be a better milk boy, right enough. But I'll tell the story anyway. So I was, I was doing my paper round, and um, I was doing it for about four weeks. I was just getting into it. I was making a lot of mistakes and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, it was one night, and it was raining. It was sleet, and I was collecting the money in, and I went and tapped this old couple's door that I'd been delivering the paper to. <coughs> and he says, "Come on in, son." So I went in the house. And above the mantelpiece was a big picture of David Cooper and his Rangers strip. And I said, well, they must like David Cooper, that's old couple, do you know what I mean? I thought, <laughs> must be right, Rangers fans. <coughs> and then I looked around and there was like the old wall cabinets and on top of that was a glass case with a cap for Scotland in it and it was David Cooper's. 
And I said, well, I said, oh, I said, he's like the Kipper. He says, aye, that was our boy, son. And I said, wow. I said, that's it. I said, I can't believe I've been delivering David Cooper's mum and dad's papers for the last four weeks. Do you know what I mean? It was a surreal moment. Can I made the hair stand up in the back of your neck. And was that, sorry, just to get the, the sort of time frame, was, was that after his, his sad passing then? That, Is was, that, that was after, aye. That, that was about 1999. Wow. That was ninety nine. Right. So the memorabilia right. was still pride of place in the house. Oh, his, his picture was above the fireplace in his ranger strip, and then his first cap for Scotland was in a glass case on top of the wall unit. Aye, right. it, was, it was quite amazing, and it was dead unsuspecting because it was obviously an ex council house or whatever. You would never have thought that that's where be the people's mum and dad lived, or you weren't expecting that that's where you were going to walk into, but. What a great old couple they were I'm sure there'll be a few houses who, who weren't related to That have still got photographs on the mantelpiece That's the way we treat our football in this part of the world Alex um, But you were you know, you know were saying at the break as well actually About yeah. memorabilia and stuff like that and, and you know things that bring the memories flooding back to you at times like these Yeah absolutely uh, It was 2004-05 uh, The League Cup final Gordon I was fortunate enough to be part of that And uh, it was known as the David Cooper uh, Cup final Because he would such a as you said, I think five years at Motherwell, uh, won a silverware there, and obviously a long time at Rangers as well. So uh, it was really special. And I think both, you know, when you go there and you name it after a particular player, I think both sets of fans were very, very happy that it was in Davy's memory. You know, I think it was 10, 11 years prior when he, when he passed away. So very fitting. You still got the shirt and stuff oh, from, from, from that day? Absolutely, yeah. yeah it's all, in, it's all in, uh, embroidered on the sleeve and things. So it's. I very much got uh, pride the place gone. I don't mind your memories, but we'll skip over the ninety minutes uh, if you don't mind. Uh, Hugh Evans will bring you back in. Well, you know, I was listening to uh, what Gordon Smith said about that goal that Davy scored against Celtic, and that Davy didn't boast about it. Davy, for me, was always a shy, almost introverted guy. The Moody Blue thing came as a, a tabloid headline. You know, he had difficult times, like all of us do, and he, he might have been short with one or other uh, on one occasion, but that got him Moody Blue, and he wasn't Moody. He was just a, a shy, modest guy who, like the great players, like all of the great players, he articulated himself on the park. Not off it. He was good off it, but... He mainly articulated himself on the park, and and uh, that was, as I say, like all the greats. That's what they do. Yeah, and there of course there are a few chapters to this. There's the obvious Rangers chapter. There's yeah. the Motherwell chapter. There are the Clyde Bank chapters, and I think maybe that speaks volumes because each of those chapters was a significant one. Yeah, absolutely, the impact was felt massively. At all of those clubs And that takes us on nicely uh, To our next I was going to say caller I think he's he's more than that If you like We've, we, we called him uh, Stevie Kirk joins us On the line at the moment How are you Stevie? Fine thank you Stevie Like we just said there You know we're, we're sort of Transitioning now into The Motherwell years If you like um, Just to explain What it was like To play with Davy Cooper At that stage uh, When when Coop first came He was just A, a great role model For all the, the Younger kids that were there uh, your fellow Donald, Jamie Dolans, Paul McGillans, young Stevie Bryce, he's these guys, uh, they looked up to him. He was a fantastic trainer. He was very, very fit. Um, but overall, what a fantastic player. And to have played in the same team and uh, graced the same pitch as him um, was an honour, to be fair. 
Uh, as Hugh was saying, he was a very modest guy. He didn't say too much. Um, he just done his job. Uh, but when the chips were down, uh, you could put your money on him to come up with the goods. Well, I was going to say, your personal defining moment, Motherwell's biggest moment in goodness knows how many years, that your winning goal in the 91 Cup final, he swings the corner in. And I guess that was... Um, you know, you guys would have known that if you were in the right place, he would he would manage to put a ball into a dangerous area more often than not. Well, as soon as he got the ball, he footed, um, especially in open play. He had a wee knack. He would he would clip the ball back with outside his left foot, and you knew it was coming. And you just needed to find yourself a space uh, because when you turned, and the ball was right there, it was right in your head. And I couldn't have wished for any any better uh, service for anybody on on the field to play. Uh, you only had the one foot But what a foot it was and, and it would find you anywhere Yeah Stevie said you know About the young guys in the team Absolutely. Sort of l- looking up to him And I, I wonder Not not just the players he played with it Strikes me Alex Is that the type of player I wonder how many Players 10 years later 15 years later 20 years later How many inspired It seems it seems to me like There, there will be loads Yeah well, with, without a shadow of a doubt I think when you look up to a player I think Stevie's hit the nail on the head there In terms of when you go in there as a young player, you're always in awe of everyone sitting around. David Cooper had a, a glorious career with Rangers, so going there, it be, could be easy for him just to kind of re- relax and sit in his laurels, Gordon. However, when he's in there every day, he's training really well because when you get to the latter stages as well, you do become a lot more professional when you start putting yourself about uh, and you prolong your career as long as you can. And, and as he said there, Phil O'Donnell and Dolan, all these guys mm-hmm. would have been uh, in awe of him. Here. When you leave a club as big as Rangers and you go to Motherwell, uh, people assume that your career is on the wane. But David Cooper wouldn't approach football like that. He had honesty about him and he wanted to achieve things with Motherwell. He had achieved great things with Rangers. He had been a sensation as a young player at Clydebank. That's why the Rangers had to pay £100,000 to get him. But he went to Motherwell he applied all of the professional principles to his job of work and he won that cup uh, for Motherwell and you know, it would be wrong to suggest that it was a one-man achievement. Stevie's on the line. Stevie was a great contributor to that achievement and so was Davy Cooper. And that's the way Davy wanted it to be. He wanted to be a team member, a good teammate. And so when he left Rangers, his career wasn't on the wane. It was it was just going in a different direction of travel. Yeah, I take it you'd agree with that, Stevie, because Hugh Hugh's right. That's a natural assumption. If, if if you leave one of our bigger clubs like Rangers, and there is there is an assumption there that the the career's on a a downwards trajectory, if you like. But you know some of the performances at Motherwell in the years that followed would suggest otherwise. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, coming for a club like Rangers, I remember I, I, I sat with Cooper in a, in, a, in a bar in St Andrews um, that was owned by a, uh, my wife's family, um, and I asked him one. I asked him, I said to him, "What's what in your career is the most precious thing to you?" And he actually said the '91 Cup final medal was was up there, simply because it was won at a provincial club. It wasn't the one at one of the the big two, if you know what I mean. Uh, he, he wasn't like that I asked him about the night at, at Wales When he scored the penalty And he says He says I just turned around He said well you can give me the ball He says everybody else was walking away from me So I had to take it <laughs> And that just sums him up you know, That just sums him up And to this day of course Stevie The impact or, or, or the memories around For Park I mean 
There's a stand Named after him The stand behind the goal For anyone who doesn't know Now if, if you walk up You're coming along For Park Street Or you're approaching the stadium You can't miss it Big massive sign It says the Davy Cooper stand I think it's a Walter Smith quote uh, That's underneath it Which says God gave Davy Cooper a talent He would not be disappointed With how it was used So even to this day Stevie A full generation of fans Turn up there having Never seen the player and, and maybe some Won't know that much But that impact Can still be felt to this day Definitely And it's, it's there It's there for all to see Every week at, at Morrow I mean Some 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 weeks the fans Just sing his name Just just Phil O'Donnell as well Just for the sake of it And it's it's just a fantastic Reminder uh, A player that came From as Hugh says Clyde Bank Who was a fantastic youngster We just paid big money For him in the days And then uh, Morrow Morrow actually got him for free um, And he came and he played And he he, he, he shared his craft and his knowledge uh, with the kids and us experienced players as well. It was fantastic. Yeah, just before we let you go, something you mentioned there, Steve, you know, about Phil O'Donnell and indeed others within that Scottish Cup final team. Does that make your reflections on that achievement mixed? Where, of course, you look back on it with, with so much pride and, and so much joy at what happened, but then mixed in with, with some of the tragedy that, that's you know followed that team since? Yeah, definitely. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I was I was there for ten years. I've seen some of the kids come and go, some of the youngsters come and go. I mean, Paul O'Donnell came, went big money, one point seven five million to Celtic. Um, but it all uh, pales into significance when you think of the team we had, the the guys that are left, the guys that we've lost. Um, so every time, and I'll be honest with you, there's no day goes by that. Uh, I don't think about that day. If a day no day goes by that I don't think he, either Davy Cooper, Phil O'Donnell, uh, Jamie Dolan, or Paul McGillan. And it's just a sad, sad thing. But uh, it was a fantastic experience uh, for them as well as kids uh, to come into a team that he was in. Um, and it was just, as I say, it was just great to share the, the pitch with him. Stevie, thanks so much for taking the time That was Stevie Kirk, Motherwell's 91 Scottish Cup final hero Sharing his memories of playing in the Claret and Amber Alongside Davy Cooper So thanks again to Stevie, Hugh Evans and Alex Ray are here And we could be speaking to you next If you give us a call 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors The league leader for compensation Talk to thompsons.com Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We have dedicated the first part of the show to your memories, your tributes of the late, great Davy Cooper, and there are so many coming in. So thanks a lot. Apologies, as always, for not being able to scratch the surface and, and read them all out. Logie's on Twitter. He says, My first game was Davy Cooper's testimonial. Ibrox, a Scottish football legend, would be worth millions in the modern day. A gentleman taken too soon, uh, says Logie. We are on the phones as well. Let's speak to John in Coat Bridge. What have you got for us, John? Hi guys, uh, as you know I'm a big Celtic fan and I think David Cooper is one of the players uh, in both sides because his ability, it's the, the, the fans on both sides didn't have a bad word to say about some of these players, you know what I mean? But my first memory, I think it was the first time I went to Ibrox to, to see Celtic against Rangers it was one of the first games I think in the Sunnis area and it was a reverse pass he played through Ian Durant that day and it was it was absolutely sublime man, you know what I mean? And I, was, I think if one of the foreigners had done that or your, your Messi or your Ronaldo you'd be still talking to this day just wonder if you remember that one Hugh you know what I mean it took it was, the pass was phenomenal man and Ranger had put the score against Big Bonner you know what I mean that Hugh, year. Hugh I, I understand goals great goals they live in the memory they're replayed over and over again but if you can produce a pass that's spoken about more than 30 years on you've done something right yeah <laughs> well as I say he had this incredible uh, vision 
uh, as well as the terrific ability to strike the ball properly, to uh, to you know the, the final pass. You get many players who are very very good, and Alec will testify to this up until the final pass, and then you know they couldn't find you in a telephone box. But Davy Cooper. Uh, always had that final pass. Derek Johnson will confirm it. Gordon Smith will confirm it. Ali McCoyce will confirm it. Uh, the, the the Scotland players who played alongside Davy and he only got 22 caps, remarkably. But the final pass uh, was always there and that's what separates the ordinary ones from the great ones. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as I said earlier on, Durant, he was raving about it. He's, he just says, I was making a run that actually at the, at the point of uh, entering uh, the, the final third, I thought, why am I making this run? Because De- Coops was running away and reversed it back in. He says, it wasn't just that, it was actually the weight of it. It just landed right at his feet and uh, he says it was one of the best passes he's ever seen. He says he didn't think he was going to get it to him, but remarkable stuff. I really like that, John and Coatbridge. Thanks a lot. Like I say, if you can produce a pass that is remembered by opposition fans yes. 30 plus years later you've done something right thanks again John N. Coatbridge we started off with the Rangers chapter if you like the Motherwell chapter uh, there were two Clyde Bank chapters yeah. of course and talk about the impact that, that was felt just along the road from us here in, in the Clyde One studio Paul joins us on the line long standing association with Clyde Bank Paul how would you sum up the impact that Davy Cooper had there Hi gents how's it going yeah good point um, it's hard for me to say the full impact because I, I only seen him a second time, just being a, a wee bit younger than the likes of Shugwell. Um, c- certainly when when David came back, you know, I, I was a, a thirteen year old, and it was like the best Christmas present ever when it, when uh, he signed in, in Boxing Day '93, and I think everybody felt the same. You know, it was unbelievable. Even at mid thirties, David Cooper was coming back to Clyde Bank, um, and it gave the club such a lift at the time. Uh, the press picked up on it. The crowds were up. You know, it, it meant so much to the certainly the, the Clyde fans. It, it was sort of coming home, even though everybody knows he was a Rangers man. But that, that's probably the best I could sum up. Yeah, you know, it was a homecoming. What was he like as a player then, Paul? Because unfortunately, time catches up with everyone. The legs start to go, but could you still see the obvious qualities? You really could. Um, I, I think there was one game in particular against Dundee at Coway, and uh, we won five two. And Davy had a hand in four of the goals, and. Um, it's still on YouTube, you know, and there's a crack interview with him afterwards and he talks about not having the legs, but, you know, the, the passes were there. There was there was four of the five goals came for, for his quick thinking. You know, it was in the head, didn't need it, and uh, the legs, because he knew what he was doing. Yeah, Hugh, I feel like this is your specialist subject here with regards to, to the impact on, on the local club, the local area that, that you know so well. Yeah, Paul's spot on. You know, uh, Davy even at his peak didn't have blistering pace but like Paul said it was in the head the vision he saw the big pictures in his head and he could make the final pass and he could lay on goals whether it was at Clyde Bank Rangers Motherwell or ending up at Clyde Bank uh, and again you know when you've achieved as much as Davy had achieved and you uh, and you'd, uh, become an icon at Ibrooks and uh, did enough for Motherwell to have a stand named after you when you go to Clyde Bank, people assume that, ah, well, he's just there to finish, to go down the hill slowly. Uh, you know, but it wasn't like that. Paul will testify. He came to Clyde Bank, and at that stage of his life, that stage of his career, uh, where he would have been entitled to take things 
easier. He came back because he he would work as hard for Clyde Bank the second time around as he had the first time, and as hard as he had worked for Rangers and as hard as he had worked for Motherwell. So he wasn't there to uh, pick up a a wage. He was there to contribute, and that Paul will testify that he did contribute. Paul, a tragedy of that size is felt across Scottish football, every, every team really, and then more specifically Rangers. Motherwell, Clyde Bank, how would you sum up the the impact, the, the sad impact, the devastating impact that those events had 25 years ago this week? I think it was um, the biggest tribute you can put to it was how many people came together on Davies Passing. The numbers that, that turned up at all the grounds, uh, paying tribute, laying flowers, scarves, flags for, for every club across the country. And uh, the, the numbers that turned it at Hamilton for his, his funeral that day. I think that, that sums up the type of Guy Davey was and, and how the majority of the Scottish football and public um, thought of him. Yeah, I think Davey hits a, a Paul hits the nail on the head there, Hugh. You know, death is a thief. It robs people of players and personalities who are precious to them. And death stole Davey Cooper away from everyone at a ridiculously early age. He still had things to do. He still had coaching to develop. And he would have gone on to have been a big presence in Scottish football. But death is a thief. Thank you very much to Paul. In We didn't even get a location for Paul. Are you still in the Clyde Bank area, Paul? Uh, just outside there, guys. Just a wee bit outside, but still, still following the bankies. Good man. Thank you so much for joining us. That was Paul just outside Clyde Bank. Yeah. Sure, I was just, I was, you know, you were saying in uh, 1977 it was 100 grand. Obviously, yeah. a fortune for Clyde Bank, but in terms of the, the transfer fee that Rangers paid, did, at that time, was that considered a fortune, a bargain? And, you know, what was the, the kind of feeling at that time? Uh, uh, Davy was the golden nugget at Clyde Bank, and they cashed in on the golden nugget, as any provincial club would do. They had played a cup tie against Rangers. Uh, at Kobawi. It had gone to a replay at Ibrox, could not be settled, and it went to a playoff at Firhill. And Davy Cooper, as I say, no one man is responsible for all of that, but Davy Cooper tormented the life out of Rangers. And they were glad to pay the hundred thousand pounds to get him on their side. Now at this time every night at the moment, Hugh, we've been we've been doing an on this day feature, looking back at some of Scottish football's most significant events, easy for me to say, that happened on this day in years gone by, since we don't have any football to keep us company at the moment. And that was the obvious one. That was one that takes a little longer than two minutes as a sort of a fleeting comment to cover. So just a couple of others, just before we move on and play Beat the Pundit. Um, 2003, Inverness beat Celtic 1-0 in the Scottish Cup fifth round, just three years after. The old Super Cali go ballistic. Celtic had just knocked Liverpool out yeah. the UEFA Cup, you. And uh, Martin O'Neill made so many changes to the team uh, that he couldn't even remember how many he'd made. Uh, he thought he'd made seven, it was eight. Uh, and, you know, managers always do this. Uh, major changes after that uh, Liverpool win. And it, it just didn't work. And uh, that's what happens when Celtic play Inverness, it would appear. And I know you'll have, you've probably got about 50 stories on this one So you're going to have to just pick one On this day, 1938 One of Scottish football's great characters was born Bertie Old 
Well, Bertie would have his ear all night. Uh, he, he was just, he remains uh, the, of the Lisbon Lions, he was the clown prince. Uh, everyone goes on about Billy McNeil's goal, and rightly so, in 1965, when Celtic beat them firm in the Scottish Cup final. The first trophy they had won since 1957. It was the beginning of Jock Steena and the modern day Celtic that would result in nine in a row, would result in the, the Lisbon triumph over Inter Milan. But Bertie all scored two goals that day. Dunfermline went in front, Bertie equalised. Dunfermline went 2-1 in front, Bertie equalised. Billy came in and did what Billy did and scored the winning goal. But Bertie, being brought back to Celtic uh, after having left the club to go down to Birmingham, Bertie being brought back to Celtic was a stroke of genius. Yeah, what an amazing man. I spent uh, four and a half hours going round Turnberry. Uh, he was just walking around because I was playing with his son and uh, four and a half hours he went on and on and on about my swing being wrong <laughs> <laughs> after three hours I was going to kill him but brilliant so uh, like, you know he's well into his later life and, and honest to God the, the stories the banter the whole thing for four and a half hours was tremendous yes happy birthday from everyone at Clyde Super Scoreboard time for this Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. It's been a tough old weekend. I think we'll all agree. See if you can raise your spirits by winning a signed ball. You can boot it about the living room. You can do your keepy-uppy challenge, whatever you want with it. We want to give the signed ball away, but Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray have other ideas. So if you want to play Beat the Pundit tonight, 0141 951 1025. Call us now and call us before 7 o'clock. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the form team for compensation for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com. Alex Ray and Hugh Evans here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We kicked off paying tribute to the late great Davy Cooper, 25 years since he sadly passed. And I must say, if we can take any sort of joy out of that, brilliant memories that you all shared with us on the phones and on Twitter. We had Gordon Smith as well, Stevie Kirk. We had stories from Motherwell and Clyde Bank and Rangers and personal stories. It really was brilliant. So thanks so much for getting involved with that. Um, we're going to play Beat the Pundit and then we'll give you some of today's football headlines, if you like. Clearly, there aren't too many, but we've got enough to keep us going and we'll get on to those next. Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. It is Beat the Pundit time, your chance to win a signed ball, but only if you get more questions right than the pundit who will play this evening. Let's meet tonight's contestant. He's Dean and he's from Kirkintilloch, I should say. Hi, Dean. Hi, mate. How are you doing? Not too bad at all, Dean. I know there are more important things out there than the football at the moment, but how much are you missing it? Oh, it's harder. It's three weekends are just empty, aren't oh, Honestly. Honestly. <laughs> Hugh Keevens, fair play to the the creative types out there who are putting old games on and, and stuff for us to watch. Yeah. I spent my Saturday evening watching Scotland against France from 2006. Gary Caldwell's winner, you'll remember it well. Yeah, yeah. Hamden. That was so the, the Scottish chef put it on their Facebook page. Yes. I think it was a quarter to six kickoff, and I actually, you know, I had it planned. I actually, sat there and watched it like it was a, like it was a live <laughs> game. That's what's happening to us, you. Alec, when this program finishes, you phone me and tell me what Facebook is. Oh, don't. I'm a Twitter man. <laughs> anyway, enough of this small talk, Dean. Usually. I toss the coin and whatever it lands on, that's the pundit that you play. But Hugh is in his man cave, so he can't really play, unfortunately. So you're stuck with Alex Ray, that all right? 
Right side no Good problem. man So I'm going to give Alex Some Clyde 2 to listen to And that way He won't know what you're saying I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock You can pass And your time starts now Are you ready? Right Brilliant Let's do it yeah. What kind of dog Is Queen of the South Mascot Doogie the Dunhamer? Yeah uh, Collie Who's the current manager Of the Scotland women's team? Ah oh, Pass In 2010 Who did Motherwell Draw 6 all with? Pebs what nationality is former Rangers manager Pedro Cachinha? Portuguese Who did former Scotland manager Ali McLeod start his playing career with? The Barn Which stadium is the SPFL's fourth largest? Pedroji uh, Okay Let's see if we can bring Alex Ray back Alex can you hear me? Yes Good stuff right Same set of questions to you We'll put 30 seconds on the clock And your time starts now What kind of dog is Queen of the South mascot Doogie the Dunhamer? Uh. Whip it Who's <laughs> the current manager Of the Scotland women's team Shelley Kerr In 2010 Who did Motherwell Draw 6 all with Hibs What nationality Is former Rangers manager Pedro Cachinha Portuguese Who did former Scotland manager Ali McLeod Start his playing career with Yeah Which stadium Is the SPFL's Fourth largest Eh uh, Castle Hearts Joe Pereira's on loan From which English side Man United Ooh. Sounded tight Dean what do you think? I think I've been battered here <laughs> I think you've been hard on yourself um, I'm interested in, in the thought process here um, the what, ju- the what, Just purely because and I, I'm, I'm basing this on nothing at all If someone just said to me Name a random type of dog And if I didn't know I would have to guess I just wouldn't. I just wouldn't say whip it. It would just be nowhere near. <laughs> no dog was coming to <laughs> my mind. I've got a wee. I've got a wee uh, Springer Spaniel. So I said that dog a clue. Let's put a bit of thought behind it. Queen of the South. Dumfries is. Is there a relevance here? Border Collie. Mm. Nah. But anyway, Dean got it. Dean said Collie. Brilliant. So well done. Dean goes one well, nil in front. Really, it was Border no, Collie. Okay. <laughs> well done, Dean. Uh, well the done. manager of the Scotland women's team, Shelley Kerr. Though Dean, I think that was in the tip of your tongue, wasn't it? Aye. Yep. I just couldn't. I can remember our first name There we go uh, Alex equalises In 2010 Who did Motherwell draw 6 all with? It was Hibs You both got it So it's 2 all 6-2 down 25 minutes to go I think Hugh picked it out As his, oh, was that it? his game That he would have revisited At the weekend yes. When we spoke about that On Friday night uh, Pedro Cachinha is Portuguese So you both got it Are we level? Yeah we are level uh, Who did former Scotland manager Ali McLeod Start his playing career with? Hugh would you take a guess? Third Lanark It was Third Lanark as well Oh well brilliant shock Well done yeah. uh, So none of you got that right uh, The SPFL's fourth largest stadium is Petodre Dean got it oh, Alex yeah. didn't So Alex go, uh, Dean goes in front 20,866 mm. apparently However Alex got one more question than you Dean Hearts Joel Pereira Is on loan from which English side and it is Man United So it equalises really? You can insert your really cruel joke here About how on earth did he ever get a game with Man United Oof. But we're trying to be nice Pop to everyone Pop We're trying Pop to be nice to everyone at this time Hugh So we'll, we'll skip over that um, <laughs> And it takes us on nicely To the tiebreaker So here's the way the tiebreaker works Dean I'm going to read the question I will get Alex to write mm-hmm. his answer down And I'll then invite you to give me your attempt Okay? Right, no problem So the question is this Partick Thistle are currently bottom of the Scottish Championship But on how many points? Write it down Alex and show me your bit of paper Dean what would you go for? 13 Dean goes 13 Alex goes 23 And the answer is 26 So none of you got it but Alex is the closest I'm afraid Dean the same ball stays here Hard lines Uh, Dean that was a good game mate 
Good man, Dean. Uh, cheers, mate. Thank you very much. That was Dean and Kirk and Tillock bored in the absence of the football. But he's given it a go and beat the pundit tonight. Took Alex Ray to a tiebreaker as well. It's a bit of a lottery at that stage as the football cliche goes. And Alex takes it. You were pretty close there. I think you must have. That was that was clearly an educated guess. Well, I thought it was round about that. I think yeah. uh, uh, I think we must have twenty six in the one above them. No, they're on twenty eight. Oh, it's five points. They got a game in hand, don't they? Yes, yes, they do. <laughs> there we go. Uh, right, so one four one nine five one one zero two five on the lines at Clyde SSB on Twitter. Everything's still all right, Hugh. Isolation still going fine. The man cave is still standing. You've not broken that very expensive piece of equipment that we've given you. No, no, I think I'm handling that magnificently well. I'm, I'm astounding myself. And as I say, I had the marigolds on earlier and I have could tidied up the man cave. It, yeah, you could eat your dinner off my carpet. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I can just imagine you though. I bet you any money that you have not as much as touched that piece of equipment. And I bet Mrs. Keevens has been ordered to do the same because you will be terrified that you do something to it. I, I honestly, I look at it and I shudder every day. And I've, I call several people before I turn it on and, I, and we go over it stage by stage. But anyway, I'm getting there. Yep, you're doing well. We're proud of your efforts. Hugh Keevens joining us from his man cave. Alex Ray is here. And we're taking your calls, we're reading your tweets We are just trying to bring a bit of normality To these extremely abnormal times I know it's not easy There are things out there far, far more important than football But let's be honest, we love it It's a big part of our lives And without it, there's a massive void there So we're going to try our best for as long as possible uh, To just give everyone that football fix And have as much fun with it as we possibly can However, <laughs> I say fun And then we're going to Take things down a notch yes. With uh, slightly concerning stuff Coming out of Aberdeen today And uh, Chairman Dave Cormack says The current climate is a massive Financial worry for all clubs Even his side Who he feels are one of the best run in the country He says he's confident They'll make it through But that's despite calculating A £5 million shortfall He thinks it will be a matter of months Before a ball is kicked again Well yes it's a major financial worry for every club, and I believe we're one of the better ones that, that are run as a club. Um, from our perspective, we just want to get ahead of this just now. Clearly, as we move over the next week or two, we'll look for clarification on when likely we'll be playing games next, and hopefully there'll be a consensus amongst the governing bodies as to where we are as well. But look, the important thing for us is this, is, is that um, we know where we are, we understand where the dips are in terms of cash flow and that we'll work collaboratively with everybody, our partners, our sponsors, um, our staff, to be able to solve this. And, um, and, uh, but as I said earlier, uh, I just think everybody needs to realise that this could be a few months rather than a few weeks before we play again. But uh, look, I'm confident we will see this through but we'll do it together collaboratively. Here, No one gets out of this unscathed, Gordon. Uh, Aberdeen, £5 million outgoings, nothing coming in. Therefore, financial hardship. And as Dave Cormack said, if this goes on for months as opposed to weeks, uh, then the financial hardship grows. The bigger the club you are, if you are, for example, Celtic or Rangers, and you are paying players 20, maybe £30,000 a week, and nothing is coming in, then it stands to reason that those losses 
on a sustained basis become problematic. And if you're a smaller club and you're relying on gate receipts primarily to get you through and there are no gate receipts, then of course it's a problem for you at the bottom end of the scale. So really, really worrying times. But as you've underlined, Gordon, and correctly, there's lots of life going on out there. And the football has to understand its place in the pecking order. However, we're a football programme. We isolate football's difficulties. And the loss of income is an awful blow, top end or bottom end of the scale. Yeah, it was great to hear from Dave Cormack. Um, obviously not under ideal circumstances. But just to elaborate a bit more, Alex, yep. the statement that he issued today. And just to put this in some sort of context. Because the bit that I'm most uncomfortable with, because it, it totally jars with the fact that there are more important things out there, is still along tribal football lines Some people And I stress that Some people's reaction to this is Ah well You're obviously spending too much And, and you should have You should have been running your club yeah. In a more prudent manner This is on This is unprecedented stuff And, and yeah. Not many clubs If any Are going to be immune from it So he says in the statement That three weeks ago We were in a healthy financial position Free yeah. of external debt 1.5 million in the bank we had expected about a million to come from four home league games plus a Scottish Cup semi-final and then potentially five million season ticket sales, seasonal hospitality and new shirt sales coming in through mid-July. Our monthly running costs are about 1.2 million and it's only prudent to assume that realistically there will be no football until July, uh, perhaps at the earliest. Um, during this period we're therefore facing £5 million in outgoings with no expected income No matches are planned, we've no idea when the season starts, never mind the current season ending Highly unlikely there will be any player sales This situation is clearly unsustainable No yeah. club, whatever the size, scale or level of investment can withstand a total lack of income Over a period of anything between Three to six months Yeah I totally agree With what you're saying Gordon I think uh, This is obviously Aberdeen Throwing the figures out today But across the board I think you touched on it as well I think across the board A lot a lot of teams Are really struggling I heard the figure last week It was kind of Been bandied about That 35 out of the 42 Will have Extremely Difficult uh, Financial problems Going forward And I think The, the key thing That we keep Revisiting is the time issue Because no one knows When this is going to Kind of uh, kind of flatten out and then hopefully get football up sooner rather than later. But it is concerning times because when you look at the the government handout, you know that everyone's looking for a handout, so they're not going to give football any dispensation. So I don't know where the money's going to come from. There may well be some money come from the football league from uh, providers, TV providers. Uh, once it gets resolved, there may well be a bit of respite there. I think uh, for everyone And it's not just football Gordon I think it's across the board Everyone financially Is in very difficult times Absolutely It's 0141 951 On the phones tonight We are on Twitter As well Thanks again for all your Davy Cooper memories And tributes Some absolutely brilliant stuff in there Apologies as always That I couldn't read them all out I couldn't even get close To reading them all out Because there were so many But let's go back to the phones And speak to George In Milton Hi George Good evening, guys. Good evening, Gordon. Good evening to Gordons, and uh, good evening to Alex and Hugh. Hi. Hi there. Hi. First and foremost, guys, I hope you're all safe. And uh, can I just in, 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 sort of a little bit about David Cooper just before I move on to my mm-hmm. main point? David Cooper, the driver cut sign. I'm a Celtic fan. Incredible goal. Something that sticks out in my mind every time I think about a goal. The goal he scored, he kept it up. He, 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 he took it over everyone's head and put it in the <laughs> corner. It was a tremendous goal. God bless our David Cooper, Scotland's loss. Well uh, said, incredible George. Incredible man. Well said. Uh, anyone that, that doesn't enjoy football, 
you know, going bury your head in the sand, guys. That's an incredible football player. And uh, as I listened to Gordon earlier saying the, the guy had the right foot. Jeez, oh, you know, the world uh, would have been uh, lost without a Davy Cooper guys, honestly. Yeah, but we've seen George, point, thanks for that. Uh, my main point to the clubs, uh, obviously, guys, this, this can't continue with the, the league. Uh, we've got to come to some decisions soon, guys. There's a lot of clubs out there really struggling big time. And uh, I, don't, I heard that Alex said, I, I touched on Alex, 35 out of 42. I've heard 14 are in serious, serious trouble. And uh, Aberdeen coming out today, half before that. It's, guys, I, I don't know where we go here. We, the, the SPFL and the SFA have to come up with a decision quickly. It's, uh, we can't allow these clubs hundreds of years' history to, to go to the wall. And the smaller clubs, Guys, I feel for this is their this is their bread and butter, and uh, I, I, anyone that enjoys football must understand where I'm coming from, guys. Yeah, you, you would get the sentiment, Hugh, absolutely. But what is easy to forget is that football is simply mirroring every other aspect of life and every other aspect of society at the moment. There is no certainty. The SFA, the SPFL, I'm sure would love to make a decision, but how can you when day to day you literally don't know? If your shop is going to be open If you're going to be allowed out the house If your kids are going to be able to go to school That has been changing day on day on day I believe the Prime Minister is going to speak In round about is it 40 minutes time I would imagine something else will change yeah. Again in 40 minutes time Something significant So Hugh this notion that the football authorities Need to make a decision As well intentioned as it is I'm not sure it's remotely possible No uh, Even if the SPFL came out tomorrow and said that uh, we have decided that the league is over, uh, Celtic were made champions, Hearts were relegated, whatever, and then distributed money based on league positions as they stand now on the 23rd of March. That would only take us so far, because as Dave Cormack has highlighted, we have no idea when we're going to play football again. Therefore, the losses will continue to grow. The lack of income from gate receipts will continue to grow. 43% of Scottish football's annual income is derived from money paid by the customer on the day at the match. When that's not there, it stands to reason that the debts continue to grow. The worries become deeper. Uh, So even if a decision was taken tomorrow... That would only get us part of the way. Clubs would get a handout, but it would not be enough to withstand a lengthy delay without football being played. I mean, I don't want to get away too much from football, Alex. That's that's our bread and butter, if you like. But, but for instance, they still not sure if this summer's Olympic Games is going to be cancelled. I mean, I think it's, it's clearly looking more and more likely. There's still not official confirmation of that. Something as big, you know, as an event like that. So we... <laughs> Everyone would love a decision either way, but it's just difficult. Yeah, beyond think, difficult. Yeah, I think one of the as we keep going back to the time issue, and uh, you know, as you say, is they're trying to put dates, so they're trying to achieve either the season finishing for the dates. They they still get the the date for the you know the keep competing for the Olympics, and uh, so when you look at all them, Gordon. But going back to the original point about clubs struggling, uh, when you see Hearts saying fifty percent. I can actually see that across the board. I think I think across the board, eventually people will go, we're running out of money at this point. They will have to try and 
mitigate that Try and get some sort of structure in place Because where do you go uh, if you if the players don't take that because do they just go into administration because you know th- there's no other place for them to go they don't have any more money so you may well see a structure over the coming months where teams are actually saying we'll give you a, a certain percentage of your, of your money how much are you missing the football George oh I'm missing it badly guys it's something it's something it's uh, it's an overbludge isn't it that, this is what you said a minute ago guys this is what this is your bread and butter this is what we live for this is what everyone I think out in Scotland Loves for you can't you can't beat a bit of football and uh, I, I just my honest opinion guys and I don't want to be I put a dampener on it I just can't see any football in 2020. Well, time will tell. I don't think anyone knows for sure. It's certainly not happening anytime soon. I think our official date at the moment is the 30th of April, but I think everyone knows that's subject to change. Just imagine, Hugh, when they, they say absence makes the heart grow fonder. It's going to be some feast of football when we eventually do get back up and running, whenever that may be. Yeah, of course it will. Uh, and uh, and people will reconnect with football. Of that, I have no doubt. The only thing I don't know is when that will be. OK, thank you very much to George in Milton. There has been an update from the SPFL and SFA this afternoon. There's also been a, a significant update from UEFA. And I'll give you the details of those as well as a full-time teaser next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Getting you full compensation is their goal. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Evans and Alex Ray are here, and it's time for, well, kind of here. Alex is here. Hugh's here in, in voice, yes? I'm here in spirit Yeah good That's 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 fine That's good enough for us We've got a full time teaser For you quickly Let's get that up and running Just so that we can give you Between now And the end of the show That's the way the full time teaser works You send the questions in And the pundits try And get all the answers In the final 30 minutes or so Of the show So tonight's has been sent in By Thomas Lemon And let me just remind you That if you want to hear Your question on the show We would love to have it Send it over please To fulltime At Clyde1 Thomas says Ryan Christie and Jordan Jones Have been shown straight red cards For the old firm this season Can you name the previous 10 players The last 10 players To get a straight red For Celtic or Rangers Before Christie and Jones this season Johnny Hayes Strange place to start, no? No Um, Morelos? Yes, obvious place to start because he's got a couple. Uh, red. Just read that back to me, Gordon. The, the so basically, looking for yeah, yeah. So basically, before this season, the last ten players to get a straight red card for Celtic or Rangers. Kenny Miller. No. So Jordan Jones and Ryan Christie, they got them this season. So we're looking for the last ten before them. Alfredo Morelos got three last season. You've got a few from last season, a couple from the season before, a couple from the season before. Uh, what's his name? <laughs> you, uh, you tell me. Hugh, it's the centre half for Rangers. He came up for Arsenal. Sender, sender us? No. Hmm. Uh, right, okay. I've, I've got one. <laughs> Alfredo Morelos looking for nine more. Any advance, Hugh? I don't like this. Lee McCulloch. Nope. Lennon. Okay, we'll leave it there. I'm sure Twitter um, will have will have it to say at Clyde SSB if you want to play along with us. We're going to speak to Callum in East Kilbride very soon. Let me just give you a couple of updates if you like. We don't have too much breaking news in a football sense 
at the moment What we do have though Is the latest update from the SFA-SPFL joint response group Now they've been pretty consistent with their communication I think there's been an update every day It might not be the the, you know, the one that everyone wants With an, this imaginary date where we can restart the season But nevertheless the communication has been consistent And today they're warning football clubs across the country They should not be holding group training sessions During this coronavirus crisis the, in, a, in a statement um, They say a number of things uh, Ian Maxwell says Urging the members Especially our affiliated National associations Responsible for grassroots football To ensure clubs observe Social distancing guidance Outlined um, By The government It basically says Hugh That the Authorities are Aware that, that Some people have not been Adhering to those rules Well Clearly The whole Situation Relative to The coronavirus Is escalating Therefore Instead of people looking for a quick resumption of football, we had better prepare ourselves for a longer absence from football. And uh, I think the statement by the Joint Response Group uh, would would underline that point, that the, the, the medical situation is escalating. Football is part of society. Society has to be protected from itself at times. And that's why the football clubs have been told no group training sessions. Yeah, so just a reminder of the lie of the land at the moment. The professional clubs have been told players, you know, to train on their own. We had Tony Watt on this time last week, I think yeah, it was, yeah. um, talking about you know fitness plans that they've been given and so on. Many, I think, of the foreign players being allowed to return to their home countries until further notice. And perhaps a more significant development today, Hugh, is that UEFA have announced the Europa League final. And the Champions League final have been postponed This along with the UEFA Women's Champions League final uh, These were scheduled for May of this year No decision has yet been made on rearranged dates The working group established last week As a result of the conference call amongst the stakeholders of European football Will analyse the options available The group has already begun its examination of the calendar Announcements will be made in due course Well, this is where you have to get real In Spain today they announced that football was suspended indefinitely. No dates weeks down the line or months down the line. It's off indefinitely. In Italy, tragically, more lives have been lost there than in any other country since this coronavirus exploded. How can you contemplate European finals under those circumstances? It is appropriate to cancel it just now and we'll get back to you when the world's a more normal place. Yeah, no one's saying that this Champions League or Europa League won't be resumed at some point. They're just postponed. We don't have a date at the moment, Alex. And again, whilst we're still surrounded by uncertainty, at least it's something, at least it's some sort of clarity because the the situation three hours ago, four hours ago, is that we were still scheduled to play a Champions League final in May, which was obviously never going to happen. So at least there's... Some sort of clarity there Yeah They have to be real Gordon I don't think it was ever going to be Achievable And they have decided to Put it in the back burner At the moment And again I think as you said It's always a moving story This They will consider Consider their options Going forward The timing of things And all, they can only do that Gordon When they get more and more information Depending how long This is going to drag out So I, I don't think They're in any hurry To actually get to that point I think they have to wait Assess the situation 
and then come up with the, the, the relevant plan going forward. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Callum's in East Kilbride. What's on your mind tonight, Callum? Hi, how we doing, North Gordon? Not bad. How's everybody? Sure, Alex. Hi, mate. How we good? Uh, my point, obviously, I seen the Dave Cormack. Um, obviously, with losses of up to five million pounds that they could be facing, and uh, I had seen somewhere that uh, along the season tickets of clubs, the smaller clubs, and in, in the league. So you look at the likes of uh, Livingston. We've got less than a thousand season ticket holders. Um, so I applaud teams like Livingston and now St Johnston that are actually giving more tickets to the likes of Celtic and, and Rangers so they can generate more money. And my question was is I don't really want to say is it is it is it calm? I don't want to say that because of what's happening in the world right now. But teams like Aberdeen, Hibs, Hearts, Kilmarnock, they've all cut at least Celtic's allocation and Rangers' allocation have cut both of them o- over the years. I remember the infamous uh, Steve Clark gesture, bye-bye Rangers, bye-bye Celtic on the last game of the season. I mean, now we could be facing bye-bye Kilmarnock. Like they, they, they could be gone because clubs now are going to face massive, massive cuts where they don't have enough money to survive and no one knows how long this is going to go on. You look at other countries, as you say, like Spain now, have indefinitely banned football for foreseeable future We're not even sticking dates on it now So if they're already there In Italy They're a bit ahead of us In this coronavirus If they're already like that We're kind of like Three weeks behind them So if they don't know When their football's coming back We definitely don't know When our football's coming back You just wonder With these smaller clubs Is it kind of Was it a sensible time Like you, you watched um, Hibs uh, Celtic went and played Hibs away And I remember the cut Actually, half of the allocation in that stand, and the stand just was empty. They didn't put any fans in it, and it just and I, I just don't know why you want bums on seats to generate more money, and it's a boost for everybody. It's a boost for the game. Then you can put that money towards the the youth systems, get the game better, get more money into the game. But it just seems like every club's in it for themselves, and it's kind of oh well, we don't want you having three or four thousand fans, five thousand fans at our stadium. We'd rather cut your allocation. As like Aberdeen did I think Aberdeen used the Not an excuse But they says that It was for crowd trouble And they wanted it to be cut And they would uh, They says that they would Take on The responsibility Of losing money For the safety of their supporters Callum Your, your, your point Entirely Lacks sensitivity This has got nothing to do with Your allocation being cut uh, By clubs Who After all Your point lacks sensitivity Because What's happening now has been created by a global catastrophe. And I'm not being uh, a scaremonger there. It is a global catastrophe. And that is what has caused the suspension of football on a worldwide basis. And that's why Aberdeen, Hearts and everyone else will have growing financial losses. It has nothing to do with the previous allocation given to Celtic or Ranger supporters at games before the game went off the menu altogether. So I'm sorry, but your point is insensitive at this particular time. It's also inaccurate, Callum, as well, because I don't know if you saw the comments from Billy Bowie of Kilmarnock uh, at the weekend. I think it was originally in the Times. It was actually yesterday, and he was asked about that, that. that very specific issue. And he said, we made the right decision to give one stand to the old firm. He says, we knew we had a fan base out there. My arithmetic was simple. 
uh, If we cut the old firm Visiting fans By 4,000 seats That's 16,000 bums On seats down the season But if we could increase Our walk-ups By 1,000 per game We have 18 home games That makes up for it And that's what we've done So You're actually wrong as well Kilmarnock haven't lost any money So Kilmarnock's ability To survive this crisis Will have absolutely Nothing to do With cutting the allocation Of Celtic or Rangers but the, the, the problem there is Kilmarnock haven't played 18 games at home And there's no guarantee that they will So that maths is not correct Because that is hearsay That does not know if they're going to get 18 home yeah, but games that, 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 Yeah but you're saying that as if anyone could have seen this coming Callum we're talking about the, the idea of doing it And you might have removed the word karma from your point But it didn't really change the tone of it It didn't really change the meaning of it What you're really trying to say is Ah well They shouldn't have cut our allocation And maybe they wouldn't find themselves In this situation That's kind of what you're saying And it's unfair is it not? No No because At the end of all of this Hopefully everybody uh, Comes through it Because the deaths are uh, is, is, is horrible What's happening in the world Definitely But at one point We're going to need to come back to football And we're going to need to learn from These um, You kind of see it's a mistake Because it's not This has just happened And it's as a tragedy that's happening But If you're looking at it from a football side And making money it's not worked for these clubs. How are clubs like Hearts coming out saying they're losing money, but how are St Johnston still saying, oh, do you know what, it's fine, or Livingston? Livingston, I'd expect to be the first club of Hamilton saying, oh, we're in big trouble here. We've got no money. We're a small club. We're less than a thousand season tickets. We're in trouble. How come the bigger clubs, Hearts, are now taking it? Because these smaller clubs are letting more fans in. Celtic and Rangers fans that are going week in, week out, will spend more money than what a, a, a home ticket would cost because the old firm gets him to it's, it's, it's dearer to go and watch because they know more fans will come but every every club's different Callum and you've just sort of skimmed over the Kilmarnock thing by wriggling out of it and saying they've not played 18 home games but like I said no one could have seen that coming and Billy Bowie is telling you unless you think he's a liar that cutting Celtic Rangers allocation has not cost Kilmarnock money which bit of that don't don't you agree with? No, 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 no. So I understand that, but I don't, I don't actually know the the, the, the amount of people that have went. So I don't know how many games Kamal have played at home this season. I'm saying about maybe eleven or twelve home games they've had, and I'd li- I'd li- I'd like to actually see how many of the extra thousand walk-ups they did get. Because I remember when Kamalak were in the Christ of knocked out of Europe and then changing managers, there wasn't a lot of fans. I can guarantee you there wasn't a thousand people walking up going, oh, do you know what, I, I'll happily pay, pay to go and watch Kamalak. There definitely wasn't. But this goes back to what I'm saying. That then then we can't really move forward because Billy Bowie says it has. So I, just, I don't really have much choice but to take that as, at face value. I haven't counted them. I don't know. But he, he said, that's what he says. And I, I, I have no reason Yeah, listen, it does it. Going back to Callum's point, and I think it's a bit... Unfair in terms of I've been one that's been championing To actually try and get as many fans Into the ground as possible Certain clubs don't Go down that road But what what One thing is absolute certain Gordon See all the clubs All the ones who have given Rangers uh, And Celtic The allocation They will come under Financial strain In the coming months Because it's It's only natural it's bigger than that Yeah of course yeah. it is And they're not They're not bringing in The revenue at the moment Gordon So whatever reserves That they do have Will most certainly Get be eaten up Callum thanks for the call We don't always have to agree All the time uh, 01419511025 That was Callum and East Kilbride uh, There actually was a development On the Hearts front You may have seen this last night And that's that Stephen Naismith Says he will accept A 50% wage cut To try and help The Tynecastle Club's finances There was a statement issued on his behalf last night. He basically said he hoped the move would contribute in some way to the long-term survival of the club at a challenging time and save jobs. I'm always a bit uncomfortable, Hugh. It really 
Sort of c- comparing and contrasting anyone I think everyone knows Stephen Naismith probably made a, a good bit more money Than, than some of his Hearts teammates yep. So it's easy to be cynical and say you know, Well of course he can afford to do that And others can't But whatever This is this is the, the situation that we're in And, and Stephen Naismith's taking that step By being a very good football player Stephen Naismith gets It is reported £7,000 a week at Hearts Therefore his uh, wage will go down to 3500 uh, Which is perfectly uh, acceptable uh, and would it be a fortune to the ordinary working man and woman uh, but in his defence he's always had a, a, a social conscience if I can put it that way he did an awful lot of work with food banks uh, on Merseyside when he played for Everton uh, he's clearly a thinking person and he is only acting on his behalf if some of his Hearts teammates feel unable to take the cut and have approached PFA Scotland to speak to Hearts on their behalf, that is their affair. Stephen Naismith is only acting uh, on behalf of Stephen Naismith and uh, he is making what he believes is the right gesture from his perspective. OK, what about this full-time teaser? Very serious business. It seems, it seems strange to get, to get serious about the teaser amidst this serious discussion. But anyway, uh, can you name... The last 10 old firm players To be shown a straight red card So Ryan Christie and Jordan Jones Sorry have done it this season But what about the previous 10 You've got Alfredo Morelos Any more? Frimpong uh, No Jozo Simonovic um, Yes Frimpong would have been this season as well Sorry oh, Should right, I include okay. that yeah. yeah I might wonder if Thomas Lemon sent the question I wonder if it's just league games I'm curious about that But anyway Anyway I'm going to go for Juf. No. Uh, Kevin Thompson. No. I mean, these, no, these are recent. These oh, are recent. Really? Yeah, yeah. And it's not again. Uh, it's just Chris- any any straight red card. Yeah, no. I'm, just, I'm racking my brains. Christopher Ayer. Yes. Yes. Seven to go. I mean, think there's concurrent Rangers players there that maybe wouldn't surprise you if they had had. No. Yeah Katic Golson <laughs> He's going to name the starting 11 We could be here a while <laughs> Keep going then um, Jack Yes You yes. got three the season A couple of seasons ago Didn't yes. he Alright we'll leave it there And we'll get your answers next Something I really do uh, Want to tell you about Before we go any further though Clyde One's Cash for Kids Appeal Right, you don't need me to tell you Right now everyone is trying their best To adjust to what's going on in the world What impact it's going to have We're all going to find ourselves tested like never before But for families who are already living in poverty That crisis is going to hit them the hardest Many more are going to find themselves struggling To pay for the absolute basics Any of those on low incomes, zero hour contracts Huge pressure about to be placed On their personal finances if not already So that's why today we're launching The Cash for Kids Appeal And we're asking you to make a donation if you can that is the key part we want, help, we want to help families with children Who are struggling to afford food, nappies, baby milk And help them pay the bills for heating and electricity Whatever you can afford would be amazing In the current climate Just a small act of kindness can make a huge difference And every single penny 100% of your donation Will be used to help families who need it the most So you can donate now at Clyde1.com forward slash appeal Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors They play to win Every time Talk to Thompson's.com Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Alex Ray is here Hugh Keevans joins us 
Thanks to the wonders of modern technology as well And they're trying their best The, the, the chemistry's not there The teamwork Because you're not in the same room Anymore for this full-time teaser I think that's where you're going wrong uh, The question is this Before this season Can you name the last 10 Rangers or Celtic players To be shown straight red cards You've got Morelos Ayer Jack And Shemunovic So far What did you get during the break Hugh? Scott Brown Yes Well done uh, Danny Addy Wil- Halliday Nope Danny Wilson Nope Scott Arfield Yes Would that have been the, Was that Time Castle Did not slide the goalkeeper He did do yeah Quite I think it was quite late. Two days late yeah. <laughs> um, Arfield Ayer Morelos Jack Simunovic Brown Well you got four to go I can tell you They are All Rangers players Now at this stage You've got all the Celtic ones Some of them are Still at the club And some are not mm. I mean the one that's still there Is a very much a main part of the team A proper mainstay in the team Yeah I mean could not be more of a mainstay in the team Kent Could not be more of a mainstay in the team Alright okay He's probably quite literally The first name on the McGregor. team sheet Yes <laughs> Alan McGregor well done So you've got one Two three to get Plenty of time to get them Going to try our best Hugh Every night throughout this period of uncertainty I have no idea uh, how long it's going to last But always going to try and bring you something From the world of football To just lift your spirits And have a realisation that There's a lot of good Football can be a Absolutely. cause for good uh, Amongst these times So Elgin manager Gavin Price He's set up a food delivery service For the over 70s Hugh I don't know if he delivers to Bears Den I would imagine that's slightly out with his, his boundary um, But as you know Lots of businesses forced to close And he says it's important He uses the resources at his disposal To help people in need We've got the facilities The, the a team of staff available and kitchens to provide a service um, in the town and I think you know I've, I've not really had the chance to, to think too much about the impact of the long term impact of the businesses I think this is a um, a priority in, in, in terms of everything that we're doing and it's, it's why we we got together and, 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 and came up with the idea which has obviously grown arms and legs now and, and, and we're getting busier and busier every night and, and there's a clear demand for the service um, thankfully, Aberfeld is such a good community that we're we're getting such good backup now from from businesses, from individuals in the town to help with the driving, with you know giving support, um, and it's 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 a real it's a, it's a real joy to be involved in this project at the moment. Good on him, Hugh. Yeah, um, all the more so because he has two businesses of his own which have been forced to uh, shut down for how long we do not know. Uh, now. It must be a, a source of concern because he has a family to support like all the rest of us. Uh, but he's thrown himself into this particular endeavour uh, and the very best of luck to him. Yeah, let's finish with one final Davy Cooper memory, shall we? It's the way we started the show. So let's get one more from Laurie and Denison. Hi, Laurie. Uh, panel, good evening. Very briefly, uh, can I say to my fellow Denistonian Alex, that when ultimately the Lady Bell reopens, I hope you're done, Alex, to grace the bar. Yeah, I'll make a point of it, Laurie. Definitely. <laughs> see, we lean at what's in there, owns it. Yeah, I'll be down to see her. Okay, Mocker. Cheers. <laughs> Might even buy you a pint, Laurie. I'll tell you what, I look forward to that, Alex, and I'll hold you to that, by the way. No, don't worry. It's, it's, it's a date. Listen, uh, on a serious note, uh, this is a, a poignant day, the anniversary of David Cooper's uh, demise. I I was in attendance at the Ryburn Cup final in 1979 
And what an exquisite goal that was. A blind goal that he scored against Celtic. Uh, 3-1 Rangers won that day. Uh, he played keep happy. Uh, Alex uh, and Hugh, had that been an Argentine or a Brazilian that scored that goal, there have been waxing lyrical about it to this day. Absolutely incredible. Secondly, uh, Stephen Naismith, who has taken a 50% cut on his wages at Tynecastle, Although I'm a Celtic man, and although Stephen is an ex-Rangers player, Stephen Naismith, one of my favourite uh, professional football players, probably because of my leanings as a lifelong trade unionist. Stephen is a guy who's championed the cause of underprivileged uh, people at food banks and Merseyside when they played uh, for Everton, uh, and indeed in Glasgow when they played for Rangers. He, both his parents are social workers, so full credit to Stephen Naismith tonight. Yeah, well uh, said, Laurie. Yeah, well said. Take that to you, Hugh, first. Yeah, uh, as I say, Stephen Naismith has come out and declared himself. He's willing to take the cut. Other Hearts players, I suspect, are not willing to take the cut. Uh, they must look after themselves. Stephen Naismith has acted on his own conscience. Uh, and that's always a, a commendable thing to do. And Alex, just finally fitting that we should finish. Laurie brings up the the yeah. driver cup. That goal talks about quite rightly, you know, if yeah. a, if a a fancy foreign player from a yeah. far off land with an exotic name scored it, maybe it does get a bit more attention. Yeah. Um, I mean, even tonight, Rangers, I think, on their own Twitter feed, have shared the video of of Rude Hullet of yes. all people, you know, waxing lyrical about David yes. Cooper. So, to be fair, the reputation did stretch far and wide. Yeah, without doubt. I think uh, it's very fitting that a player of uh, Rude Hullet's uh, ability was saying how impressed he was, and it was a shame that he had never graced somewhere like Italy because they'd been raving of him. If that had been Messi. And partly the problem you have is Gordon The, the TV footage or the, the footage they have Isn't great If you'd be showing that year after year Because when you see someone at, Performing at that level Flicking it over people's heads And the composure to finish uh, It's just a remarkable goal And I th- listen I think everybody tonight uh, Has done David proud In terms of what they've actually said And, and a very fitting by Laurie as well there Laurie thanks a lot That rounds us off nicely for tonight With the exception of this teaser Before this season Can you name the last 10 Celtic or Rangers players To be shown A straight red card Morelos Ayer Arfield McGregor That was last season Jack and Simunovic The season before And Scott Brown The season before that as well So you've got a couple more to get McCrory Say that again with the mic on this thing McCrory Ross McCrory Yes do you remember the game? Yes It was It was against Hearts I thought maybe St Mirren But you could be right uh, I, uh, Do you know I think uh, it was Ibrox. Yes I think it was yeah. Yeah, Alright right, yeah. Hugh Initials oh, he, he's that stage already He's too busy in his glass of red uh, they're, both form, <laughs> they're both former Rangers players They're both from the 16-17 season Neither neither of them are there anymore One of them oh. still plays in Scotland though Joey, Joey Barton? No I mean I can see you're thinking there Daly? Nope um, still playing Scotland um, Hodgson No Not The type of player You would associate With straight red cards But I'm now trying to think That it was probably You know they say Oh that was a striker's tackle Or a winger's tackle Nicky Clark um, A winger A winger um, <laughs> Okay I'll, I'll give you The other club You'll get it St Johnson Oh Oh uh... Halloran 
Michael O'Halloran Well done And the last one A a Mark Warburton signing I'm sure English defender Warrell Nope before that Clint Hill Nope The other one There's been a couple So Joey come up with Who else was there Uh, Give us an English team He played for I've gone Hugh Just to keep you happy His initials R K R K Anything Robert Yeah it's probably short for Robert Rob Kiernan Rob Kiernan Thank you Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray We are back tomorrow 6 o'clock With Gordon DL and Roger Hanna Please join us And Callum Gallagher is up next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Compensation you deserve When there's been foul play Talk to Thompson's.com